anything and everything that you don't want to acknowledge or accept about yourself. And you do shadow work to get you to a point of being in a place of security, safety, intuitive living, and true actualization and acceptance with yourself. Welcome to On Her Terms, a podcast that helps women nurture their unique personal power and channel it into creating a life that is truly their own. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. Today, I've got for you a very exciting conversation. We are diving into shadow work and all that it can do for us. It was honestly one of the most fascinating conversations I've had on the show, and that's really saying something. My guest today is Rebecca Weirman, who is a psychic shadow worker who takes a toolkit approach to healing and intuition. Rebecca believes that no one thing can completely heal you, and so she taps into her mystical toolkit to help people step into alignment with their highest self. By blending modalities such as the tarot, yoga nidra, breath work, the Akashic records, and sound healing, Rebecca guides clients on a journey to their subconscious and unconscious mind so they can begin healing from their shadow and tune into their intuition. As a sound healer, Rebecca uses various instruments, including crystal bowls, frame drums, gongs, vocal chanting, and synthesized plant frequencies to provide grounding and healing containers. Rebecca's journey with the frame drum and other sounding tools helped her rediscover the power of her authentic voice. She firmly believes that sound and vibration open a portal for deeper healing. It was especially fun for me to dive into a topic that hasn't been covered on the show before and that I really don't know much about. And I was able to get a lot of questions answered from Rebecca. She's very generous with all of her knowledge and experience. We discussed everything from what our shadow represents, how it's created, how we can access it, where do archetypes come into it, and what happens when we fully embrace our shadow self. Are you excited yet? (laughs) We're going to dive into the conversation soon. But before we do that, I want to take a quick minute and remind you that next week on 25th of August, I'm hosting a live workshop to help women overcome their self-doubt so they can start taking bold, consistent action towards their goals. There will also be a Q&A in the end. And if you show up live, there will also be a bonus that can get you personalized one-on-one help from me for free. Registration closes soon, so sign up for the workshop today at kratimera.com backslash live hyphen workshop. That's kratimera, K-R-A-T-I-M-E-H-R-A dot com backslash live hyphen workshop. The link will also be in the episode description. Now let's get back to today's very fascinating conversation with Rebecca Weirman. Before we go into like shadow work itself, I want to know how you serve your clients, how you see your role, and what is it that you primarily focus on? So I call myself a psychic shadow worker, and there's so many different ways to do shadow work, but I found that the modalities that work really well for the people that I work with and myself have a little bit of magic added to them. And by that, I mean I use archetypal tools like the tarot 
or other unconscious tools like the Akashic Records to help people tune into their shadow self. So traditionally, shadow work can be done through journaling, and journaling is an incredible tool. It helps us notice patterns. It's a way to record keep, look back, and see where we're repeat where we are repeating things, looking at the patterns that we need to break. But for some of us, journaling just isn't the tool that we need. Uh, it's great in short bursts of times or when we feel like it, but I know for me personally, having to sit down and journal every day doesn't sound appealing. I struggle to make time for it. And so I was starting to look at all these other tools that I used uh, that were more playful, and that made shadow work fun for me. And so I started offering these sessions to my clients uh, because they too were coming to me for a fun approach to healing, a fun way and a more magical or mystical way to look and at their shadow and address some underlying subconscious wounds that they need to integrate into their life. And so that's why I'm a psychic shadow worker and that's why I use the tools that I use. So when you say archetypal, that to me, from my very basic understanding of it, to me, it means that it's ba- it's specific to every single person that comes uh you know to you for help and it is uh, has a lot to do with their personality type is that correct yeah absolutely so to really understand archetypes we need to understand what the shadow is and so the shadow is the parts of yourself that you have rejected the parts of yourself that you've suppressed and it's this it's all embedded into your subconscious And everything that's embedded into your subconscious is sitting in darkness. It's void of light. And so in order to be our most actualized versions of ourself, we have to bring all of that unconscious stuff up to our conscious awareness so it can be in light. Uh, So it's not a journey of love and light. It's a journey of like digging deep, going into the dirt, playing in the dirt, and bringing that all up so you can grow. And so part of the process in shadow work is looking at archetypes because collectively on an unconscious level, which would be what is unknown or uh, what is beyond us when we speak of the unconscious, there are patterns that live across cultures. So those are archetypes and these patterns and cycles repeat showing a light and shadow um history towards patterns. So with that being said, there's a stereotype which is like something that is culturally specific to you know one place so it's really simplified and dumbed down whereas an archetype contains this whole spectrum of traits and attributes that span across cultures. And so one of the ones in particular, like when I think of woman, would be the the maiden to mother to crone archetype. Right. And with that being said, so many women are in a place of um, constantly giving and giving to other people and never putting themselves first. So their shadow would be like um, neglecting the self. Okay. So they need – they can embody an archetype to move through what they're experiencing. 
And so I use the tarot as a tool to help people see which archetypes that they can embody or using archetypes to bring the unconscious to, to their awareness so they're able to make those shifts in their life. So first of all, when we talk about shadow self, I think most people associate it with the darker parts of us that perhaps have been repressed for a reason like maybe a sexually indulgent part of you or maybe um, someone, a part of you that's pure defiance, that's purely selfish, that is self-serving. Is that correct or not? Because the example that you gave me, that is to tap into that side, like a woman taking better care of herself. That's a very reasonable expectation out of life to just take better care of your body, take better care of yourself. And every once in a while, pay attention to your own needs. That does not, to me, that's not selfish. but shadow self is it like innocent is it the darker indulgences or like how would you define it so to go of what you just said for so many women taking care of themselves is a shadow trait because of something that has happened in their past or something that they've been through that has told them or even someone telling them that you have to put other people first um so it can be based in conditionings generational cycles societal conditionings. You are born as a child free of shadow. You are pure unconscious energy as you come into this earth. The moment your parents, even before your parents hold you, like you are you are born free of shadow. The moment something changes in that environment that you were born into, the shadow is born. So that could be a mother not being able to hold you as soon as you were born and you're taken away and taken to the NICU because you were premature. Um, and so then you don't have the feeling of your mother holding you as a baby, that skin-to-skin contact, which is so important. And at that young of an age, it can create this feeling um, maybe of undeservingness, this feeling that uh, you're not worthy. But your, your baby brain can't really comprehend that. But later on in life, it starts to build attachment wounds, which all live in your shadow. So the shadow isn't bad. It's not necessarily dark as our human brain would think of it. It is everything and anything that you have ever repressed, anything and everything that you don't want to acknowledge or accept about yourself. And you do shadow work to get you to a point of being in a place of security, safety, intuitive living, and true actualization and acceptance with yourself. So you do have to go to the shadow to address every little thing that you have once ignored or don't want to look at. And this is how you enter into a state of pure actualization and intuitive living that makes sense and as you were describing that example that just sent like my chest was so cold because I was a premature baby and that is exactly what happened and I do remember throughout my childhood and my adolescent uh feeling like my parents don't really want me here (laughs) I shouldn't be here and that was what I like my therapy was about that was what happened in my depression and um yeah so that that was such a great example at least for me like that made perfect sense to me because I that is something the example that you just gave I want to share that for my with my listeners as well that is something I have experienced in fact I think this example in itself really shows you 
the importance of this kind of work. I have never done shadow work. I've done like talk therapy and I've done obviously like uh, open sharing, the sharing circles at support groups and all of that. Um, but yeah, this really, it's very intriguing that what can your shadow self reveal about you that conventional therapy or that um, meditation or the other, whatever other practices that we take on in a more conventional sense cannot. I mean, shadow work, I'm sure can reveal things about you that wouldn't come up in any other kind of therapy. So that's very interesting. I would argue that shadow work is a form of therapy. It's something right. that was popularized by Carl Jung, who was a um, psychologist and psychoanalyst. Um, and his approach was analytical therapy, yeah. which is looking at the unconscious, the subconscious, the conscious, uh, and looking at archetypes. And in so many different forms of therapy, like internal family systems, parts therapy, you are using archetypes to heal and integrate and reprocess and reprogram. So yes, someone can have breakthroughs in therapy. I love therapy. I swear by it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. However, I think shadow work makes that work and that healing accessible to so many who do not have the resources to go to therapy. Because all someone needs to do is pick up a pen and start writing in a journal right. to do shadow work and kind of be an unconscious observer of themselves as they write. But like I said, that doesn't work for everyone. You need to yeah. find the tools that work for you. So like everyone's always working on their wellness, on their health, on growing as a person. Do you think we shadow work in itself has to be like a project that you take on and that you're like, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself to this thing and like dedicate ours to it. Or can it be an ongoing part of your life? Because when based, just based on the examples that you shared so far, when you think about diving into the repressed parts of your psyche, it is going to bring up things that would be very provocative, that would be very controversial, that would be very difficult to deal with because we repress things for a reason. So do you think we can integrate it into our larger life setup? I think the answer is yes and, right? We need to set time aside to do shadow work, but the biggest shifts come when you are integrating your discoveries into your life. So I might set aside five to 15 minutes a day just to, whether it's journal, pull a tarot card to reflect back to me the energies of my subconscious. Um, you know, I'll do certain things like that every day. But the real action, the real shift comes from taking what I learn in that five to 15 minutes and then integrating that into my day to day. So, say I pull a tarot card and it's reflecting to me the energy of the, the Ten of Swords, which is this like really dramatic, over the top, hurtful card. Like that's that's the energy that's coming to mind as I as I think of the Ten of Swords right now. Okay. So that could tell me I might be dealing with something today that could just be blown out of proportion. And it's my with that like warning or mirror coming to me as I go about my day and I'm faced with that situation that is going to be blown out of out of proportion. It's on me to come back to myself and notice how I'm going to react or respond to that situation. So for example, uh, just like 
you know, most people are in their corporate jobs. So say your boss says or does something that just really pisses you off. What do you do? Do you take a moment to like breathe and like collect yourself and then respond? Or do you just meet him where he's at and you start going toe to toe and you're, you know, in this full on yelling match? Well, most people, their shadow is going to have them, you know, up here in this yelling match. If you can acknowledge that, yes, that's what I would have done in the past, ground yourself in the moment and then make a new choice from a place of acceptance rather than rejection, that's where the shift occurs. Right. And that is so interesting because this was going to be one of my questions, like the before and after of it. What does it look like when you're actively repressing your parts of yourself, like that shadow remains unexplored versus what happens when you do start exploring it and do start working with it? And yeah, it makes sense that there would be, I mean, the difference has to show up in all parts of your life, especially your relationships, I think, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And another example, um, kind of going off what you just said, was how how do we see this show up? One of my favorite examples to give is, you know, you can be a really nice person and all of a sudden someone cuts you off in traffic (laughs) and you are screaming at the top of your lungs, giving them the middle finger. Well, you know, all of so many things must have happened to that up until that point to get you to just blow up on this random person. Yeah. Or, you know, you can be at the grocery store buying food and all of a sudden, you know, the cashier says something that just doesn't sit right with you and you take it so personally and you blow up on them. These are moments of our shadows just coming to light. And so many people in the spiritual communities will be in this place of love and light and it's all good vibes and peace and love and all that. But the moment something happens where they get triggered, their shadow just comes to the surface and they lose it. And that's what we call spiritual bypass. And spiritual bypass does not help us when we're healing. It only hurts us and creates a bigger shadow. Okay, that is just, I want to book a session now because I have like, there is so much stuff that's, you know, in the, just, I am someone who has always believed, and I think this is something common to all of us. We all like to believe that people are generally good and kind and circumstances sometimes push us into doing shitty things. But my life, some things have happened in the past few months that have really made me question, I believe. And my, my, some of the friends that I really trust, they're like, no, 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 don't do that. It's universe just because you're a good person and it's just universe putting you in challenging circumstances. And I'm just like, what if that's not true? And now it makes me wonder, like, if we, like the image it conjures up is like, we're all walking around with our shadows. And now to me, it seems like the shadow dominate is dominating the scene because of how the world is set up right now. And with the shit that's going on almost constantly and with the doom scrolling, with the constant like tragedies on TV and around us and with the, the kind of stress that we have all taken on because of the lifestyles we are aspiring to, it feels like that that shadow without us even realizing is kind of dominating the scene because of we because we do see people doing such horrible things. So when you you really examine them, you are left stunned that a human being could be capable of such things. Yeah, well, I'm that's that's shadow right there. But with shadow, there needs to be a certain level of awareness. 
and knowing that your shadow is at play. For so many people, they live unconsciously connected to the hellhole rat race that we're in and they don't, they don't, that's just life to them. They don't have any regard for anyone else. So doing shadow work takes a level of awareness where you have to be willing to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is amazing. I want to know what a what a session is like with like when you conduct these sessions. What is it like? What is the the state of the mind of the person that comes to you? What is their state of mind after they've gone through that session? I really want to know that. So most of the people who come to me are beginning their spiritual journey. They're starting to see that there are things universally that are adding up or they don't make sense and they're feeling very confused. It makes sense. They want to start to understand this. But in order to understand intuition and how intuition works, you need to look at your shadow. Because as soon as you start clearing all of that uh, darkness and out and bringing it to light, you have space for your intuition to expand. You are unearthing everything that you've repressed and you are bringing it into a place of conscious awareness so that you can grow and be in such a deep place of truth and trust with yourself. So in psychic shadow work sessions, I have people fill out a quiz before they even book a session. And the quiz will match you to all the different modalities that I work with. So I work with the tarot. I work with the Akashic Records. I do energy healing sessions. And I also do sound healing sessions. There are other tools that I have, but I will probably refer you out if there's something that doesn't match with what I offer. And I'll refer you out to someone else. But I have people take this quiz to kind of show them where they are on their journey and what tool in my healing toolkit would be a great place for them to start at. So if you are just like, I am really going through it, I just, I need just to feel clear for a moment, then the quiz is going to recommend that you do an energy healing session. And in that, we just talk a little bit about your overall energy, and then I will channel energy through me to you, uh, opening up, you know, energetic spaces within you clearing and cleansing. Uh, and that's just one one tool. Then the next step would be to start acknowledging the shadow. And this would be through the tarot. So that's the next step in the toolkit. And I use the tarot, like I said, as an archetypal tool to reflect back to people the energies of their subconscious because a lot of the shadow lives in the subconscious. And so we, you come in with questions about what you're wanting to focus on. For example, I'm not the person you come to when you want to meet your soulmate. So you don't come okay. to me and say, I want to know when I'm going to meet my soulmate, when I'm going to be married, how many kids I'm going to have, and right. what the date is that I am going to um, buy my home in the right. Hamptons. Right. Sure, I'm psychic. I can tell you that. But that's not rewarding or fulfilling for me in the work that I do. I want to get you to a point where you are able to answer all of those questions for yourself. And that's through shadow work. So when you do shadow work with whatever tool you choose, you are able to be in a state of receptivity, a place of security that you're able to just be so present that 
maybe it doesn't even matter about the answers to any of those questions. You're just along for the ride seeing where life takes you, or you are really able to like psychically channel and receive those answers for yourself. So tarot is the, the first tool that I'll have people start to work with after that energy healing phase. So instead of asking, when am I going to meet my soulmate? We're going to look at, well, why do we, why are you asking that question? What is moving and grooving beneath the surface that is making you ask that question? Most people hang out in the tarot stage with me for three to four sessions. We're just acknowledging the shadow. In these sessions, I'm providing you with tools and resources so you can start using this tool yourself. So in between sessions, I'm giving people like what I call play work to like use the tarot, to look at um, their subconscious every day. And it's, I'm not talking like 30 minutes to an hour a day. I'm talking like five to 15 minutes a day. And then I have other exercises that will help you integrate what comes up in our sessions. Then the next stage in the journey, um, if you've been working with your shadow for a while, you're starting to feel your intuition develop a bit more, then I move people into the Akashic Records, which by Jungian's um, approach would be known as the collective unconscious. Our human earth, all the pain and trauma that we go through on a human level on a collective scale would be the shadow side of the collective unconscious. And the Akashic Records would be the light side of the collective unconscious. It's that unknown energy that holds the consciousness of everything and anything that has ever existed. So with the Akashic Records, they are typically opened using prayer. However, I have really never been someone who resonates with prayer. I really, really enjoy meditation. And so I channeled one day while I was in the records a meditation that brings people into the energy of the Akashic Records. And so I put people into this meditative state. We're going to the theta brainwave state, which is this place of like neither here nor there, right before you wake up, right before you like right before you wake up from a deep sleep. And in that place, you are in direct union with your subconscious. And this is places where your intuition begins to speak to you. So through this, you're going through this meditative like regression. And we're using the Akashic Records to help you move through anything else that's coming up. So it's a more advanced approach, right. but it puts people right in the driver's seat to begin receiving psychic information themselves. And we are like co-channeling the information at the same time. So it's very powerful, um, very unique and different to traditional shadow work, which would be writing and record keeping. But this is why it's fun. And this is why I do this because it doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be hard or difficult. We can really be in this place of knowing that all the answers are within because when you're in the Akashic Records and you are receiving answers for yourself, they're coming from the divine within you, that enlightened, most perfect essence of you. This is so beautiful because, um, and this is something I wanted to understand because when you think of uh, shadow work and the examples that we just shared, um, it just seems like it would be like a session would be like a punch in the gut. So much would come up and that would it would leave you reeling. In fact, uh, therapy sometimes is like that. You discover things about yourself that you go home and then you can't stop crying because you just 
like uncovered this part of yourself that you had no idea existed in. So shadow work would be that multiplied by 100. <laughs> but the way you're describing it, it actually feels like it's very, it's a gentler approach and there's a lot of support here. So I really love that because as much as I champion therapy, I also am like very scared of it. Like if people don't have the right support system, it could sometimes, you know, end badly for certain people. Yeah, it can lead to ideation. And, you know, that's that's never where we want to go. And I'm not saying that shadow work would never um, create that feeling or sensation. But I take this approach to shadow work because it makes it playful. And for, for me and a lot of the people that I work with, our inner child is just wanting to play. And we are living these conditioned lives where we are constantly hustling and working. So when we can show up and heal through forms of play and being in these magical places, it can feel really safe. And as long as that safety is there and you're not feeling judged, you know, you can create massive shifts in your life. I, I do agree with that. And yeah. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying the episode. I'm taking a quick break here to remind you to subscribe to On Her Terms. Subscribing means that you get the latest episode without fail delivered to you every week. And it helps me reach a wider audience. If you haven't already, please pick up your phone and subscribe now. Let me know that you appreciate the content I'm sharing. In advance. Can I like I would love to understand a little bit more about tarot, the tarot stage of things, because when we think of tarot reading, as you said, you, while you you are a psychic, you're not this is not about future telling. So I get that. Um but when people hear tarot, they always associate it with astrology and with finding out what's gonna happen next and, and I'm gonna meet my Mr. Right and stuff like that. So if it's not about that, and you are saying that the shadow work uh happens a, a lot according to the person's personality, like it's archetypal. Keeping that in mind and keeping in mind the general perception people have of tarot cards, what does that mean? Because how do you discover a person's personality through tarot? That's because if the way I understand it, you pick random cards. Is that correct? So first and foremost, the tarot is not a fortune telling tool. It is not religious. Okay. It is not fortune telling. It's not dangerous. It's not dark. It is <laughs> okay. simply an archetypal tool. There are 78 cards in the tarot deck. 22 of them are major arcana cards. Those major arcana cards tell the story of the hero's journey or uh, like the monomyth as popularized by Joseph Campbell. So those 22 cards tell the big picture overarching hero's journey. And then in, in that we have 56 minor arcana cards, which look at like our day-to-day -day dealings of life through an archetypal lens. So right. we're not using the cards to tell the future. We are using the cards because it's an archetypal tool to reflect back the energies of our subconscious. Because honestly, everything in life can be broken down into some sort of pattern or archetype. Uh, and so we can use that information to break patterns, to change cycles. So I'm not pulling cards at random. I have a whole ritual that goes behind how I work with the cards. Um, it's unique to every tarot reader. 
Um, but I'll shuffle the cards. I'll sit in my ritual. Sometimes when the client's talking, I will just begin pulling cards as they're talking. And that kind of clues me into um, certain underlying energies that are popping up as they're saying what they're what they're moving through or working through. Um, and then I will I will tell them what the cards mean intuitively and on an archetypal level. And that kind of mm-hmm. shows people like where they are in their journey, at what point they've dealt with something like this before. Then they can pull back and look at, okay, well, when I was in a similar situation before, when I was repeating this pattern, what did I use to get me through? Okay, great. These are the tools I used. Okay, what limited me? What inhibited me from moving forward when I was here before? So you're really pulling the thread with the tarot, sorry, going behind like the curtain, um, clearing out the clutter, looking at the patterns in your life so you can move forward. Most importantly, from a place of acceptance rather than rejection. So many of us will look at our past circumstances and be like, yeah, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to you know, relive that. That's rejection. Rejection yeah. is the shadow. Acceptance is a place of integration and being able to move forward and honor. Yes, I might have done that thing in the past that really hurt someone. And I am I feel so bad. I regret that. But I have to accept that I did that, move on, and change my actions moving forward. Right. That's that's amazing. Would it be fair to say like the tarot can like it's giving you a roadmap of your healing? Would that be fair to say? A thousand and ten percent. Okay, now I understand that now. <laughs> yeah, okay. it is it's a roadmap. And it's going to certain cards are gonna come up and tell you, hey, great. Other cards, right when you think you've you've healed it and, and you've done it and you've reached the point, there's gonna be a card that pops out and says, got to go a little deeper or think again and something's going to pop up and you're going to have to move through that. But it's really yeah, that final push to get you where you need to be. And what I will add is this journey never ends. Of course. Yeah. We never, never, ever, ever reach that point of being 100% healed. Otherwise, we wouldn't be incarnating here on earth. We are here to learn these lessons. We are here to move through this journey of life, be in a state of oneness with one another. Yeah. The journey ends with death mm-hmm. and the cycle, you know, begins again. Yeah. And we're always learning, but we have to take time to still be human. So as much shadow work as we want to do, There are some people who get really caught up in the work and then like, you know, all your friends can talk about is just doing the work and it's so annoying because it's like, where's the fun? You're here to live. Yeah. So you have to find the balance of showing up in the work, being, you know, this, this, this spiritual grounded person that's healing and trying to move through these experiences and still honoring this human experience that we're having and allowing yourself to go out and have fun and be with your friends and just enjoy life. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And and I would say, you know, with the like the example that you shared about the premature baby, that it had me, that that pulled me in because that's something that's a lived experience. But not everybody would share in that. And there are a lot of people who, anytime you bring up anything even vaguely spiritual, they're like, they're shut down. They're just like, oh, no. You know, they're very sciencey and they they want 
very like tangible things that they can see and they can observe. And this is something so, I think you just have to be very alive to your inner world. I think it's fair to say that, to be able to observe the changes that something like shadow work would create. Yeah. And I would also say that even though, you know, shadow work can bring you into a place of your intuition, shadow work is very grounded and very approachable for skeptics. Um, uh, Even though I'm completely psychic, a medium, (laughs) I'm still a skeptic. Okay. There are certain things where I'm like, yeah, no, there's no (laughs) way. And there – but, you know, with the right conversation, with the right education, I can get behind it. But shadow work and archetypes, they're rooted in psychology. Yes. It's There there are parts of this that is backed by science. I mean, the theta brainwave state, that is – being in that state and being in direct union with your subconscious, that's not something that's just showing up in modern science. That's something that's been, you know, when we, if we look at yoga nidra, yeah. um, that yeah. practice, you are in the theta brainwave state. You are in this place of just being completely present with your oneness and just present in awareness. That is all backed by science, not just modern science, but, you know, Eastern science as well and ancient science. So shadow work is is for more than just the spiritual. It's for the skeptics too. And just because I use spiritual tools in that doesn't mean that it's not for you. It could just mean you just need to find the right tool. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for pointing that out because it is true. And yeah, so much of it, shadow self, I first learned about it in a psychology class. That's where it came up for the first time, the archetypes and all of that stuff. So yes, there are so many books that you can read about it, but I think it's always better to hear about it from someone who has actually like done it like yourself. So yeah, but thank you for sharing that. And I have to also point out like for people who love reading the backstories of really successful people, scientists and entrepreneurs, intuition always plays a massive role in their success like that's at least what i've learned for albert einstein and people like uh i think who was that writer who would go to sleep and then the story would come to him he's a very famous very famous writer he would come up with whole novels in his sleep i don't know who this is but i just want to add to that your dreams you're in your subconscious awareness so that makes so much that's your intuition right there that's amazing dream work is also a way to do shadow work yeah so there's so many layers can you imagine the yeah the power that you would unleash if you're a creative if you well not just for creatives i think every field is nowadays it has a creative element to it just think about it like if you are someone who has to come up with ideas you have to come up with creative projects or you work actively in those areas innovation can you imagine like the kind of power you would unleash if you were not repressing any part of yourself Exactly. Your shadow is your superpower. Your shadow is your superpower. And that is why you have to accept it and integrate it into your life. That doesn't mean like if, say you murdered someone and you're denying it, right? You're denying it to yourself and you haven't been criminally charged yet. Okay. Well, you have to accept that you did that. That doesn't mean you're going to go out and murder more people. It means you're going to change your actions. So your shadow is your superpower. And once you accept and acknowledge and integrate, you are in your power. You know your worth. You will start to see things pop up for you 
the interconnectedness of this world, your intuition, things start to make sense. And it is so powerful to be in that state. Wow, that sounds amazing. I have chills. <laughs> yeah, it's so intriguing. So like this kind of work, I know there will be very few people who would just be like, let's dive in. Because this conversation in itself, it's so intriguing. But I think it's also a little scary. What am I going to find out about myself that I don't already know? And what is that going to, where is that going to take me? So for people like that, you've already shared a little bit about journaling. Anything else you would recommend that they do? They do want to get started, but they don't want to dive into the deep end. Yeah. So if you want to journal, I have 10 free shadow work journal prompts that I will give to you that you can sign up for. They're, they're the exact same 10 prompts that I started with. They're really uh, easy to dive into, super easy to dive into. Uh, so I'll give you those. And then after that, I would say one of the biggest things you can do is start setting goals for yourself just looking at the goals and then reverse engineering them. So looking at the goals, looking at the steps that you need to take to get there, and then noticing where you kind of veer off path and off track. This takes a lot of accountability. It takes a lot of outside observation and witnessing your life without judgment. But if you're able to look at where you kind of get thrown off course or where you face obstacles as you are working towards your goals, that can clue you in to your shadow and what shadow elements are at play. And once you know that, you can then look at that shadow deeper okay. and then move through it. Okay. And then we have your website. And uh, I, I know I have access to a bunch of links that can really help. So I'm going to share all of those and they're going to be in the episode description. If anybody is like intrigued and they want to get started with it, maybe you, you start there. Maybe if you don't want to dive into the deep end you want to take careful steps maybe start there or otherwise they can book a one-on-one session with you is that something you offer yeah i will be um i have one-on-one sessions available until december of 2022 after that i will be stepping into a role of teaching people how to do this for themselves rather than guiding people through the process um, I may still have a few sessions available in packages where it's not just a one like a one-off one-on-one. We may work a little deeper over a course of three months together, and I'm going to give you all the tools that you need. But I'm available until December of 2022 to guide people through their own shadow journey. And then after that, I'll be teaching courses on how you can do this yourself. And I also will give you the link to the quiz that people can take which will help them kind of figure out, you know, if they wanted to book a one-on-one session, where would be a great place for them to start within this uh, toolkit that I have built? Okay, that's amazing. I'm going to share all of those links. Um, Now, I want to ask you, and I'm going to change my usual question a little bit for you, because I usually ask my very strong female guests how they handle like a moment from their life where they felt drained, they felt like, they wanted to give up, but they found a way to power through it. They found a way to move forward. What helped them in that moment? But with you, I would like to know, like, if you can connect that to shadow work, how did the shadow work ever show up for you in that capacity? Yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, before I was doing this work, I worked in law 
for a very long time. And then after law, I was working in the cannabis industry, the legal cannabis industry. And the cannabis industry where I am is a very male-dominated industry. And so I was often the only woman at the table, at tables of five, six, seven men. And I, you know, I just started to realize, oh, I'm just, they just, I'm just here to be a pretty face at this meeting. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a worthiness shadow. That's, um, makes you question your worth as a powerful female. Uh, but throughout that job, I really had to learn how to regulate myself because I'm in these high stress environments with all these men who, you know, aren't really using cannabis. They're using other substances to get through the day. <laughs> and it's 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 challenging. So I had to really, you know, honor myself and put myself first. But what what where I'm going with this is that I was fired from that job for being a powerful woman who stands up for what is right. And yeah. when I was getting fired, I had to trust so hard in myself and what I was about to move into next, trusting that it would all unfold the way I needed it to, because I was going to then go and work for myself and step into what I do full time now. And I just remember getting fired and sitting there thinking, I am perfectly equipped. I have the resources. I know what I'm about to embark on. I know what I'm about to do. And I just have to trust. And without shadow work, I wouldn't have been in a place to know that this was the next step in my journey. I wouldn't, without shadow work, I wouldn't have been able to be so secure in myself to honor my heart, to honor my intuition, to trust in what was next for me, and to trust that getting fired was the best thing that could have ever happened for my life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that example. And I think it's the perfect example for the show because just the sheer amount of things that women repress on a daily basis in themselves. And it starts from such an early age because with the constant, don't do this, don't do that. This is not for you. This is not how women should show up. Does this, it begins very early on. I know it did for me and I'm sure it did for you and I'm sure it did for every listener of this show. So thank you for sharing that example because that is the perfect example of why this work is so important. I mean, I can't even, I mean, shadow work is important for everyone, I guess, but especially for women, I would say, let's do this guys because this is going to really unlock things for us. Absolutely. And just to hit, you know, hit it home again as women, we are conditioned our shadow is to take care of other people, to neglect ourselves. That is the archetype. And then we become these old women who have 90 cats and, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's the stereotype, but we become like, you know, made into mother to crone. We really are in this place of being a little jaded as we get older because we've given away so much to other people. But if we as women can take back our power, Awesome. Yeah, it's special. That's it for today's episode. So did you love it or did you love it? Thank you for joining me today and sharing your time. If you're eager for more, head on over to onherterms.com for show notes, guest information, downloads, and more. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, ask questions, and share your struggles with other powerful women, join my intimate community over on Facebook. The link will be in the episode description. 
Until next week, this has been another episode of On Her Terms podcast.